last time on Almost Heroes. So last episode, we started with Cosmo engaged in an intense conversation with the Red King regarding the fate of the Almost Heroes and the crew of the Third's Charm. Uh, Cosmo convinced the Red King to potentially give up the key to Jakar's cell and a trade effectively for him. But unfortunately, due to some bad dice rolls from Cosmo and a poor reaction time from Glenn, uh, Glenn only makes it back to the Third's Charm with a fanny pack of holding while Cosmo and the key are left on the Red King's ship. A uh, battle begins to break out on the third charm between Rangrim, Glynn, and the crew versus a uh, mass of what John called uh, was it pirate swarms. Um, <laughs> massive pirates and a war mage from the Red King's main vessel. After some back and forth, Rangrim and Glynn convince the war mage and his lackeys to allow them to leave with the crew, the donkeys, and their trusty, super simple, non-magical wagon. Uh, once the wagon is thrown over the side of the ship and it's floating on its own as if magically, the war mage realizes he was duped and begins to attack the remaining crew on the ship. Suddenly, Glenn cripples the mage with a highly inappropriate joke as Ranger mounts his magical donkey friends and saves the remaining crew on the ship. Glenn and Rangram make a daring escape with the third chance crew as they sail to a nearby island. Meanwhile, the Red King is making his way north with his crew, his navy, and his new friend, Cosmo. That's where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. That brings us to episode 71, Catching Up. So when we last, when we last left off, Rangram and Glenn had made it to Redwater Island and dropped off the now unfortunately shipless crew of the Third's Charm. Saying goodbye to Captain Combs, Ego, Chowder, and young Liam, uh, and heading off in their flying cart, along with their two uh, faithful donkeys, uh, Kalogna and Shimpagan, uh, two parts unknown. So, I think the most important question uh, in, a, in a few, well, I, I will say, the last two episodes were very pivotal, but a very important question for the future of this campaign. Where are Rangrim and Glynn going? Go ahead, Rangrim. Well, um, I think the plan was the best torch. Yeah, I think we think, I guess we can do this part in character, huh? Uh, hey, Rangrim, why don't we uh, make our way back to Melvin, see if we might be able to assist up with some, maybe we can enhance the wagon, throw some armor on it, get it blessed, whatever we need to do. But I remember Melvin had a, a teleportation circle. We should be able to use that to... I, I think we need to go get some friends. I don't think we can just go in and get Cosmo back from that whole Navy. I think we need to... I think maybe take Bryn with us. It seems like we're going to be knock, knocking on Jakar's door. And if uh, that's the case, I don't think we want to do this alone. Well, we do have that, um, that thing that lets us... Um, we could, like, teleport from there back to Tintown and then... Um, back here I think yeah I, I do remember there was a teleportation circle in uh, basically the Clearshaw Peaks where Jakar is being held uh, I think if I you know take some practice reps I might be able to remember really what that looked like I think I could draw it again but I might need to you know meditate on it think about it for a little bit I think if we start heading back to Tin Town first which we know what that sigil looks like we could uh, kind of collect our wits, go somewhere familiar, and 
start there. So give us a regroup. Also, like Maddox probably having a discount on like DOS dogs and beers today, so we could probably you know load up. They probably owe you some money. They fucking better have my money. I don't know what that ratio is going to look like, but I'm pretty sure it's 50-50. So either DOS better be handing up some cash or we're going to have a lot of dogs to be chowing down. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty all right plan to me. You no, Dust Forge first? For a bit while we make it to the Dust Forge. I got a thing I got to do with my uh, head. Yeah, you uh, you got it. Uh, and I like we awkwardly jockey positions, <laughs> floating in the air and try not to die. <laughs> and Glenn's gonna take over the reins. And uh, actually, Glenn's gonna look to Gregor real quick and go, you know, maybe you should point the donkeys in the right direction, and then I'll just hold on to the reins because if I had to make a check to see how well I'd be able to handle these animals, I don't think it'd go very well. Uh, yeah, it's basically on cruise control at this point. You, you're all right. Roll me, roll me an animal handling check with advantage because I think that you've got the support of Rangrim here. Damn, I was still hoping he would roll. <laughs> Set it to cruise control. Oh, I got it. Needed that advantage. First roll was a four. Second was a seventeen. Okay. Uh, animal handling is a plus zero. Yeah, so a seventeen. Damn. Your guys' journey just ends as you careen into the side of the sheer <laughs> cliff face. <laughs> you think this um, thing could do a barrel roll? Yeah. Just just flip the turret around and put in the flying sheet like in uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. You're Boosted good to go. There you go. Um, no, yeah, you all, uh, I mean, you're, you're no Rangrim when it comes to, uh, you know, working with these animals, but you're able to kind of like keep it. Uh, you find it actually kind of... Uh, strangely like a little bit more difficult than you expected to like keep it like the yaw intact like from turning mm. like spinning kind of side to side um that's it's a little bit more difficult than you expected uh it takes a little bit like your arms get tired after a little bit um but yeah you're able to uh keep you on a, a steady pace um keeping in mind too that you know it's it's it's, it's not like all the way through the night at this point like you guys are probably like you know you have still have maybe six to seven hours before it's going to be like sun up. And then, you know, you have to get back to the ground before that point, before that, you know, the magic wears off at, at midnight or at, at, at dawn or whatever. Um, Cinderella. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. So are, basically you guys are just heading straight to the dust porch. Uh, yeah, I don't think Bobby you might pull up the map. Sorry. Um, I don't think it's not really super far. Too much we wanted to even try to do in between if we can make it on one night's journey we would otherwise we would thanks bobby uh yeah you we can make, make it in one, one shot yeah yeah absolutely, absolutely. We'd, we'd be trying to show up at the dust forge at dawn yep awesome so you all are just basically you know flying kind of you're you're getting that air so you're kind of up above and you know would you be flying above or below the clouds it's one good question Um, probably as much height as we could get. Okay. Off our initial yeet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, term. I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, you have to make sure you have the, the yeet right before you take off. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about the yaw. It's all about yeah. the yeet. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. The yeet and the yaw. Um, no, yeah, so you're, you're heading there and it's, it's, you know, pretty steady, uh, 
pretty steady journey, kind of flying a little bit high. It's it's getting a little bit colder, uh, you know, at this uh, at this time of year. But because you're on the coast, it's a little bit more, um, you know, it, it, it's not too bad. Glenn, as you're flying this cart, uh, focusing all your tension on it, you start to hear um, a kind of like slight cracking, popping noise coming from your uh, your earwig, your mechanical earwig. Love it. Uh, Glenn very excitedly is going to tap once or twice, like, see, like, hello? Just, like, try to, I don't know, reception. <laughs> Give it reception, magical reception. You hear a couple broken phrases come through. Hello? Hello? Glenn? And then it's kind of like it's cutting in and out, but you absolutely recognize the voice of Pops. Uh, Pops, hello. Can you hear me? Pops, hello? Glenn, Glenn, where? Are you close? Glenn? Uh, We're near the Dust Forge. Where, Where is close? Where did you end up? You're, wait, where are you? Dust Forge, in the air. Um, you, as I think that as like your, uh, as you're kind of having this conversation going back and forth, um, you start to see what is recognizable to you in the kind of the, the, the distance as the glowing violet anvil of the Dust Forge kind of perched nicely up on top of the Spina Peaks, kind of like overlooking uh, the coast. And uh, Glenn, roll me a perception check. My uh, passive perception, I believe, is better right now. So an 18. Okay. Um, I think both of you would see it then, because I know Grand Grimm's passive is very good as well. You would swear that you can see what looks like a big brass cube shaped building. Perched, kind of reflecting the light of the violet glowing anvil of the dust forge, uh, sitting kind of like in that like kind of cattywampus in the middle of that like protected circle, that like mm -hmm. sigil that protects the uh, the outside area of the dust forge. Is it in uh, the circle or is it? It's, it's sitting kind of like- I don't know, I don't know like, what cattywampus to it means. <laughs> is that mean just I mean, crossing it, the barrier? It's so if you think about like this big flat uh, like kind of sigil on the ground, Little that's disc, like yeah. some of some of the uh, some of the markings are lit up and some of them aren't. Uh, it's really wide. It's I, I think that I think I described it as being like like a couple hundred feet wide. It's very large, uh, and in the middle of it is that glowing anvil. Um, I think that basically you can tell that this thing was like it's it's kind of like sitting at a diagonal angle in the middle of it. Like it just kind of plopped down in the middle. It's not like it was kind of, per it wasn't like it was positioned in a, in a way that was like purposeful. It. it was kind of like, it was just sat there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it, cool. Uh, Glenn, very excited recognizing what this is like. Bringer, it looks like he uh, might've took my advice and we might be having a fun conversation, but I think Pops is ahead of us. Ringrim's like on the cart, like pulling off a piece of his like old metal eye patch that was affixed to his face, like trying to squirrel like a new oh. eye in his head. Like, oh, oh, oh Pops, that, that guy that keeps moving all weird. Oh my God, do you need help? Can I help you? I have hands. Are you, no, I your hands are so dirty. I've never seen you wash your hands. With anyone else's help. 
Oh my god. Hitting like a like a solid like. Oh. Rangram like pulls his finger out from under, like below his top eyelid. Ugh. All Glenn is thinking to himself is, "I can technically steal that eyeball." That's all he's thinking in his head. It's like that can come out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Pops ahead of us. We can you know finally get your arm fixed so it doesn't you know accidentally give people thumbs up. That was totally an accident. I mean, uh, I'm kind of getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's 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 so perfect now. Uh, yeah, we could probably get our cart taken care of. Let's let's go see what they've been up to. Imagine a mix of old magic and new magic to make a lot of really weird shit. Um, um, just DM question before mm-hmm. we even arrive there. Um, I don't remember if the Dusk Forge. Were we able to enchant anything on the Dust Forge that was already magical, or was it just like I can't remember so, if we did anything that was already inherently magical? I think it was uh, just, hmm. the only thing that you you enchanted was the Dark Steel, but that is like that's inherently magical. It's that's not like enchanted. A different entity. It's not yeah. like a magic item. Yeah. So like something that's already enchanted, I think that you would have a hard time like enchanting it further. I think that with when it comes to like the Dusk Forge stuff, it was it was more like the it's a naturally occurring thing within the Dark Steel that was allowed to like be double, basically double enchanted. Fair, totally fair. Just wanted to ask that before we even landed, so I don't waste my time. <laughs> um, who is taking the reins to land? Uh, Glenn is for sure handing those to Rangrim once his eyeballs <laughs> situated. <clears throat> well, Rangrim still has technically one good eye. I imagine at this point, as he takes the reins from Glynn, I'm, I'm still not attuned to the eyeball as it is a magic item, so it's still a little, uh, what was the term? It's a little cattywampus. Is that the technical <laughs> term? Yeah. It's just drifting and not being very it's... helpful at this point. <laughs> it's looking at what it wants to. It's just like, yeah. yeah like, it's very mad <laughs> oh, at cool. this point. Like, no, 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 no. And then, we're, then I would attempt to land the cart. Okay, roll me an animal handling check with advantage. And do we see Melvin? Uh, I think you're, well, I mean, as you're coming into land, uh, I think that, I don't think, I don't think you see anyone out, outside actually right now. I don't, I don't think you see anyone. You just see the, the little lit up area and you see the, you, you very clearly see Pops's like brass Pops's. shop. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You can well, see, would, like, as you're pulling in, you can see the uh, the the um, crackle pops uh, on the outside of it, written very. I would uh, is doing his very best to try to like land it and like drift a little bit right next to pops, but I rolled a twelve for my animal handling. Okay, um, yeah. So I don't think you land super smoothly. I think you kind of come to a skidding stop that bounces a little bit. Roll me dexterity uh, saving throws for both of you. I mean, do you really want me to roll this? I mean, you can, can roll can a waste... strength saving throw if you want. We can waste our time. I Glenn's going to be better than mine. I rolled a 14 plus 9, so 23. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you both are kind of like, you know, it kind of hurts your butt a little bit as you hit the ground. It kind of like the cart bounces a couple times. Uh, and you hear the, the two donkeys kind of whinny. Uh, but I think they, 
mostly the cart took the brunt of it because I think they landed and the cart just kind of hit and bounced and then kind of skids to a stop, uh, you know, maybe a couple feet before running into the door that leads into the actual uh, the actual dusk forge itself, the under forge. Uh, and now that you're here, uh, you can see that very clearly the once uh, located in Tin Town shop of Crackle Pops is now been somehow relocated to the top of the Spina Peaks at the Dusk Forge. Uh, and as you land, you hear just kind of like heavy footfalls kind of coming up the stairs uh, from behind the Dusk Forge door and pretty like with a pretty uh, solid like thump uh, and then wielding a probably like a I'm going to say like a big hammer uh, or a hammer that I think would be big for normal dwarf, but it, in Belvin's hands, it's kind of looks kind of small in this eight foot uh, warforged, like beefy warforged uh, hand. Uh, and as he just kind of like comes out and unblinkingly looks at you all and then just kind of cocks his head to the side and goes, what are you all doing here? Belvin, we, uh, Need to use your teleportation circle. Oh, yes. Uh, that's fine. I, I haven't seen you in some time and want to come use the teleportation. That's fine. Yes, of course. I'm, I'm happy to oblige. I'm, you, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize that was a, a weirdly sensitive topic for you. A lot of people come through and use your teleportation circles. We'll, we'll absolutely hang out for a little bit. Just I wanted to be... <laughs> be blunt about the the general goal that we have but i'm sorry to, to hurt your feelings it's it's fine i'm just i'm just well i've been practicing on my my humor i haven't had many people to talk to recently but as of late and he's kind of looking past you and as you kind of look over in that direction as well uh not just pops but two other figures come walking out of the shop as well you see Pops, and then behind Pops, you see Madge, as well as Cosmo's mother, Amy. Whole squad. Whole team's here. That's crazy. You guys left Brynn. He is kind of a dead weight, though. I definitely agree. Pops, good to see you. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I can't believe you all are here. We've been, uh, we can talk about it more inside. Do we want to come in the shop, or do we... You want to go into the uh, Melvin? Do you mind if we go down into the the Dusk Forge? Yes, of, of course we can. It's plenty of room for all of you. We I think we have plenty to catch up on. Um. So, Bobby, what does Amy do? <laughs> Amy. Comes out and is, uh... Rangrim, Glidiaris? Oh, and where's my cozy boy? <laughs> I'll give you a moment. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Give me I wasn't a ready. I was not prepared. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Full Molly Weasley vibes. I love it. All right. Give it. Give us Give us a line again. We're good. I don't know if I can do that again. I'll try. Oh, you, you're going to need to for about eight more episodes Rangrim. as we really draw this one out. Oh, Rangrim. Oh, can Where's, but where's my cozy boy? Did, did Glenn, did you just, she just say cozy boy? I don't think I've ever heard someone say my full name correctly. That was actually really impressive. That was. Wait, that oh, was your well, name. Your mother did give it to I you. I thought she cursed she? at you and Elvis or something. 
Uh, uh, actually, it is a curse in Elvish. That's kind of why it's confusing that she said the whole thing. There's like a whole village that's going to be offended by what she just said. But uh, Amy, good to see you. How are you? I, uh... <clears throat> wow, that. That, was, that was a little short-lived there. <clears throat> I'm, um, I'm doing all right. I was, we'll explain in a, a shortly, but do tell, where's, where is my, my cozy boy? Yeah, I think, Melvin, we, we might want to take a seat for this conversation. Uh, Amy, we're, we're sorry to say that he's safe. He's alive. Uh, but the whole where part of it. Well, Rankin, you go ahead and explain where he is. Oh, well, we should probably talk about that. Um, inside, Amy, come now. I'll bring you in. And he puts his arm around her shoulder and walks her into Pops's shop. Okay, yeah. You're, I, I, I haven't met many surface dwarfs, but you're a, you're a sturdy woman. Hey, thank you, Rangrim. It's, it's a bit forward of you. I, I, I literally, when I sent the, the, the graphic over, which Bobby, I'm still saying the, who's your care? Who's that character I, on the screen? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, um, as soon as I sent this image over to Bobby, I was like, I, I wonder how long it's going to take for Rangram to hit on your mom. Uh, Madge, it's, it's wonderful to see you too. You look as terrifying as ever. Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's just kind of my my mo. Uh, what the? All right, we need to. We're gonna have to catch up on some shit. You guys have any idea what's been going on in Tin Town specifically, or like in general? Because there's well, a lot of shit been going on. Yeah, yes, it seems please. Kind of like recount, a perspective conversation. Yeah, please recount to me the entire goings on of the of everything in all multiverses and planetverses across the across this uh, this great world of ours. Uh, yeah, no, Tin Town. There's we got some shit to talk about. No, no, that's not good. Uh, is Bryn okay? Is is Luther alive? Um, maybe he's, he stayed behind. Oh damn. Um, sorry, one second, y'all. I I'm having some pretty bad heartburn, so I'm gonna take a little <laughs> break and I'm gonna go get some water. So you all bamp for or, uh, just for a minute. Yes, just for talk a about our feelings. Talk about. Okay, feelings. yeah. I also I also need need to take a grab a water because Bobby's breaking me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Well, Amy, uh, it was, then there were two, Amy. How are you, how are you doing? How are you holding up? It, it's, it's, uh, odd times in, uh, Tin Town. I'm not really, ever get, I'm not really sure ever, exactly what's going on there. Did you ever get your salon going or was that just kind of a, a shot in the dark? Yeah. No, it's not going yet. I feel like we have a real good opportunity to maybe branch that out here. I know there's a, a couple towns, you know, West something or other. Westreach, great opportunity for a new business. Westreach? I heard there's full of thugs and hooligans everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, this is gonna be. Oh, oh. my lord. 
Oh man. Um I <clears throat> I'm trying to give you as much practice in that voice as possible. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll save the the whole story about how I ended up here for when uh, everybody gets back. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of confusing to understand how you got somewhere when you're just all of a sudden that person. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Dad Grim. Cosmo's going to have to call. <laughs> Step, uh, stepdad Grim. Stepdad. I can already see it. I'll never call you dad. <laughs> my real dad has he's, two eyes. Runs he's, away. He's not my father. Oh man, you might not have to kill your stepsister. Oof. Do we know if Regali is alive? We never really. We didn't really. Do we? I don't know if I know this offhand. How old is Cosmo? I know he's young for a dwarf, right? Cosmo, I believe, is like late fifties. Late because he yeah. was a child during the I Sundering. Was, I was born the day of the Sundering. Or yeah, day, don't you pay attention, Brangrim? Jesus. Um, Brangrim's like closer to, like, he's not elderly, but he's like getting up there. So like, I I could be your granddad. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, really it matters. Is Amy into younger or older men? Because she's currently with two that are much older than her. I'm not saying she's a gold digger. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you very much for banting. I, uh, I, yeah, I just, sometimes I get really bad heartburn and that was not a good time. <laughs> All good. <laughs> it was, it was Amy's voice. That really, Cosmos Amy's voice gave me heartburn. has got it going yeah. on. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy! A voice so good it gave our DM heartburn. <laughs> well, where were we? So I think that you all have kind of uh, decided instead of going into the the forge, I think that you all have kind of like squished into uh, Pops. Is I mean, it's exactly the same as it was when it was in Tin Town. Maybe a couple more things so like have been, you can tell, Glenn, just from your past perception of being in this so many times, like some things are knocked over. It like, seems like it maybe got jostled around a little bit. Um, mm. Maybe a couple things broke and have been kind of set up somewhere else. But um, yeah, I mean, you're all kind of squished into Pops's uh, kind of noisy, but like weirdly warm because of all like the fires going all over the place. Uh, and then like, like grass, uh, brass uh kind of uh goldish uh kind of hue or this very warm hue inside this place from all the brass um but you all kind of squish in here and uh yeah madge i guess uh continues just yeah i mean luther he or Bryn. sorry it's hard to get used to that um he he didn't really want to abandon uh you know the the whole sanctum all that stuff there uh he he kind of stayed behind it's not like it's a dire situation to per se. It's it's a weird one though. The um I don't know how do you say this. You know your old friend, uh Constable Hunter? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, shortly after you all left, maybe, you know, a few couple weeks, he showed back up 
and just with like a renewed vigor of basically the empire seized control in Tintown underneath Constable Hunter. There wasn't really any kind of pushback. The the mine didn't have anyone there, uh, and you know, uh, you know, Chab wasn't gonna fight back against them. So they they kind of just took over. It's not really a privately run account anymore, and they started setting some pretty uh, draconian laws uh, into effect, just kind of keeping people in their homes or you know forcing them to like go do different things. Are there? What's that? There's like a lot of dragon bones in Tin Town now. I've only seen like two. <laughs> I mean, what? No, there's, there's, there's like three or four of them. Not all dragonborns look the same, Rangrim. Come on. I mean, you said draconian like twice. Yeah. I, sorry, I should have been more clear. Just, I, I thought you might have. Uh, I got one of those DOS dogs, and I just really the the word draconian just I, it's been sticking with me since. So that's where I got I, it from too. That's why. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I use draconian. It, it sounds it sounds smart. It sounds like I got some sort of like scroll certificate or something from some sort of uh, school of magic. Madge, before you continue, how successful would you say DOS dogs is in this new draconian tin town? Oh, you might probably not going to hear this. Most of the private businesses were driven out aside from the mine. Um, so I, I, I'm honestly, I, I think DOS had split before we did. Smart. Find, find new opportunities. I, I appreciate that. I'll find them. Trust me. I'm sure he's around somewhere. I, I don't think that he got taken to jail, but that that was a decent anyone that kind of pushed back against the empires, as far as I know, been either jailed within the town or taken outside somewhere else and, and jailed within some of the larger cities. It's Did um, constables say why he was there with the Empire. I mean the Empire didn't really give two shits about Tin Town for a while. Is there like a resource that we ran into? What's what's driving the Empire to take over Tin Town now? I don't know. I, it's not like I had many conversations with that gentleman. As far as I know, he had been pretty amicable until whatever point he came through. And as soon as those laws started dropping, uh, your boy Pops here, you know, I uh, kind of had been a little bit jumpy from the start. And after talking to him, I heard he been, was going to take off. And I convinced Amy to, to go with, thinking that, you know, Cosmo might probably would come back and, you know, do his normal head smashing thing, or at least try to, if I didn't at least get his mom out of there. Yeah, it's, that's, that's correct. We definitely would be beeline in your way. I'm, uh, I'm shocked. I don't, I don't remember Chav having that, that aggression. I thought Constable Hunter was very, uh, pretty upfront with what he was there for. He's mainly just investigating a case of murders, right? I mean, I don't really recall him coming in to enforce any type of of laws or something we need to handle with that because we can. I mean, if it's something that you have to wait, hold on one second. Where is Cosmo? That's what I've been saying. You'll get used to it. <laughs> Will not. we? <laughs> Probably not. A bold choice going with that voice, Bobby. I, I commend you. Uh, we, uh, it's it's been a while since we've been near someone with such a you know beautiful pipes. It throws us a little bit every time. We um we we didn't really lose Cosmo. That's that's what you want to hear. He's headed north with uh 
someone known as the Red King. Uh, the he had another name. I think he went by like the Duke. That sounds familiar to anybody present. But we, well, I'm kind of glad Luther's not here because he would definitely be rubbing some egg in our face over this one. But effectively, we had a responsibility that we agreed to with Bryn with Luther to keep an item safe and we were able to for a long time, but the, the energy that came forth this time was unmatchable. And Amy, I'm sure, you know, Cosmo is not one to uh, step away from a fight and kind of bit off more than he could chew, but he, he gave up his, his freedom for now for us. But I mean, he knows, he knows we're coming for him. He knows we're, we're hot behind him. We can, I think we can cut them off at the head as long as we could use these tele- teleportation circles. Uh, but Cosmo right now, he's gone. And we need to, we need to go get him back. We need to make sure that the reason that he gave up his, his freedom right now is not in vain. And uh, when Amy hears that, she, she gets all flustered and just, why would he, what? I need to cook something. Anybody hungry? I'm very. Uh, there's, there's abs- I'm very, very hungry. Then raises a hand. He he poofs uh, albatross Poe into existence too, and Poe raises a hand. And my my hat mimic raises a a tricorn. Uh, as soon as you, as soon as the 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 tricorn like uh, raises its its tricorner uh, in in saying that it's hungry, it basically uh, pops. Like you see him kind of like go back for a second and then like you see his little like eyeglass thing, like kind of zoom in and he's looking at it uh, very, very closely. But at the same time, he kind of like pushes a couple, a couple levers and, and, and knobs on the, uh, on the kind of like the island console where he's normally working on his uh, like little knickknacks and whatever tinkering and uh, a little uh, burner stove pops up uh, in front that a little like fire starts underneath it. Glenn looks to pops a bit. Be careful. It definitely has teeth and tentacles for what it's worth. He, he pulls his finger back. He goes, ah, that's, that's, that's good advice. <laughs> so what? where did we have to go, go to get, where did we have to go to get him? Who do, what? Uh, who do I have to kill? Oh shit. When? Lynn does not say anything. Lynn just like is very taken aback. Yeah. Rangram's just like, okay. Uh, I I think technically in our current status, you would need to kill like a whole armada of ships. I believe we could potentially negotiate Cosmo back and accomplish the ultimate goal, which is not letting the key reach its final destination basically where they're headed uh based off how fast their ships were moving and the amount of time it took us to get here i think we would still have the drop on them but i think it would be wise of us to get as bolstered as possible before we we made this journey because again it's an armada like there's like navies and then there's like armadas like the navies are like cute and they have rules these guys these don't They'll just uh, kind of kill us all. Have you ever seen a mama bear on a 
rage. Yeah, we actually killed one. It was crazy. Uh, Cosmo killed it, actually. That's true. This, believe me, you, I, this is I not one mama bear you want to get in front of. And she, like, waves a cooking pot at you. <laughs> well, Amy, again, remember, we're not the ones who... Uh, necessarily were the ones who kidnapped him. Otherwise, he'd be here with us, right? So keep the, the spoons in hand for as long as you can. We can get you. We can set you in front of whatever caused this. But uh, no, I think we, we just I just need to get my cozy boy back. We are going to get your cozy boy back ASAP. Are we allowed to call him cozy boy? Is that okay? Can we get your permission to call him Cozy Boy from now? Oh, I'm, I'm calling him Cozy Boy. It it uh it was more of like a a mum and son sort of thing, but uh. Ringrim grabs Amy's hand. He's like, "Don't worry, I understand." Yeah, I don't actually have kids, so it's true. It might be a parental thing. This is Bobby walking back. The fact that he's now going to be called Cosmo is going to be called Cozy Boy for the rest of the campaign. This no, is I, like, oh shit, what have I done? Oh fuck! I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. When because you know you got to have that. You've been playing D and D with us for two years. Yeah, <laughs> he's already the good old boy, so may as well have the nickname too. The homeboy, absolutely appropriate. Uh, Glenn is going to. Like, well, Amy, if you're you're cooking uh Madge, Pops, and Melvin, really, I'm sure you could all help. Uh Rangum and I were thinking of trying to make some maybe enhancements to the cart, maybe bolster it, because I'm not sure if you noticed how we got here, but we flew in, and that's it's new to you, Madge, but Melvin knows all about it. Pops, if I'm sure you've had some conversations, there's a ton of technology to be found within this this magic that's at this dust forge. I'm sure our Collective minds could turn this thing into a an armada of its own. I'd be happy to take a look. Of course, it's been a while since I've been able to work on too many things. We've been, well, we've been traveling for quite a while. We've we've been looking for you all. I I knew that I wasn't able to get within range of you and speak to you. I I've been trying so hard to figure out how to extend the range, but I just couldn't get it far enough with the earwig. Uh, but we've we've been kind of following you all. I, you are you leave a little bit of a trail behind you. I don't know if you know that, and it's pretty. Just, we headed over to to Whitport, and then eventually made it to Rocktail, uh, and then you kind of heard a little bit of what's going on. Do you guys know you have a statue there now? Oh yes, it was a fine one. My Cosmo looks exceptionally handsome. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Rangrim, you're, uh, you looked uh, particularly uh, Rangrimmy in it. Oh, uh, yeah, Rangrimmy, yeah. We kind of have been leaving a bit of um, a name for us in our travels, haven't we? That's one way to say it, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we, we had it, once we got there, we, we kind of, we, we had talked to, um, oh, it's, uh, well, you know who gets the- us in all that trouble the whole time? It's Cosmo's idea every single time. And we say, Cosmo, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't try to take all that gold from those nobles. But we do. 
It's true. Oh, no, I mean, we shouldn't try to kill that 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 lady that's the coach for that other team in the in in the arena. But we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's, that's not my upright young dwarven man. Would I ever lie to you, Amy? Roll, roll a deception check. Uh, okay, yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bobby, roll an insight, or Amy, roll an insight. Uh, can you get advantage because I was going along with it? Can Dan, <laughs> Dan get advantage? Yeah, Dan Vantage. Shout out to that advantage. Uh, you said deception? That is a 19. Ooh. Um, how wise is Mom? I was going to say, I don't think Amy is as, is as nearly as charismatic as Cosmo. No, um, she actually has a minus one to wisdom checks. <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> so she's she's been she's been a homemaker for a bit too long. So, well, I mean, you have been with him. It just isn't the Cosmo I remember. Well, if it, if it makes you better, it makes you feel any better. He was kind of on the the path to right and narrow before he he got captured. So I'm sure once once we get him again, he's gonna be exactly how you remember with nothing change. I'm sure this will be a like a scared straight experience for him. Uh, Madge Madge kind of nudges uh, like elbows Rangram and goes, you know, I haven't even had the uh, I haven't had the kind of the heart to tell her about. Does she know that her son? It like is known for smashing other people's heads. I, I haven't had the heart to tell her that yet. Well, I wouldn't have the heart to tell her that. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. It's like voluminous the amount. I, I was whispering that. Well, I mean, <laughs> get past my perception. Whitney, <laughs> go ahead. Sneak. Let's do it. Deserved it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that we could, uh, we might need to use the, the upper anvil for this. Uh, it's a little bit more exposed, but there are protections in place as long as we do it during the night. So uh, it'd be difficult to get the cart down into the, the lower forge. So we might need to build some, some of the components down below and bring them up, but the final forging we can do up above. Well, I'd certainly be willing to help, but while I have the three of you here, I can't think of a better um, group to be like, can you guys, um, can you fix this? Rangrim. Well, fuck you too, Rangrim. That's what I'm saying. Every time I go to give someone a thumbs up, I do this. Yeah, so I really broke. wanted to be to fuck yourself. This. I can't Some. figure it out. And while we're at it, if we could, like, if we could do something else cool, that would be great, but it just gets so hard to keep track of. I don't make a lot of friends as it is. Uh, Madge, Madge kind of grabs your hand pretty abruptly and kind of like, like with her metal hand too, and kind of grabs it and like pops the little like thing open on it and starts looking around inside of it. There's um, obviously a green wire connected to a red port and a red port. Like it is, it's not subtle. Glenn didn't even uh, try Glenn to hide it. There's like a Glenn keychain yeah. hanging from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> was I was gonna say card. little Glenn was here or a little like a yeah. little face that's like with a with a sticking out tongue inside there. That's and she just kind of looks over finger guns. <laughs> she just makes eye contact with Glenn and just like very like while making eye, talk, eye contact, just kind of like does a couple modifications and closes it and goes, 
You should be good now, Rangren. All right. Thanks, Madge. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to get used to that working the yeah, way. Yeah, you got to – that's going to – that's going to still probably not win you so many friends, but it's crazy how that just accidentally happened all on its own, Madge, isn't it? Insight. Oh, why did I say anything? I can't fucking lie. Why do I talk? <laughs> uh, oh, you have perfect. I rolled a two. So 11 total. Brigham just looks over at Glenn like, Yo, you're a dick. Yeah, There's but we kind of already knew that. I thought I had the best prank when I tied Cosmo to that chair that one time. But this whole time, good. I've been flipping people off. And you knew exactly why, and you thought it was hilarious. I did. That's a great prank in Ring Room. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally fair, right? You had no idea. You thought it was a bad arm. You were probably thinking Madge the whole time, but boom, it's your boy. I got yeah, you. That was a great one. You're a good friend, Glenn. And Glenn just kind of like mutters to Ring like, so this is going to end up biting me in the butt in the future, huh? Oh, probably. Hey, can I touch your sword for a little bit? My my double bladed scimitar, the one that has strong lineage to my family and my history and everything that's important to me. Yeah, I just want to look at it for a minute. Sure, I trust you. I I hand him Chandrail. I said, "Look, when you fuck with it, it's not me. You're gonna have to fight with. It's gonna be her." And just hands it hands it straight to him. That's fine. (laughs) Glenn, your head is here. Are you sure? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just getting all the characters today. All the characters are here. The more we can get you to talk to yourself, the better. I, hey, I, I named the episode Catching Up for a reason. Uh, uh, Lynn is going to spend the rest of his time, unless there's any other direct dialogue, he would have to be helping, like, Melvin and Madge like fabricate or move anything that they need to for this procedure. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. You have can like Glenn uh, propose a what the procedure for this cart is gonna be. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I let give me a little bit of an understanding here. You guys probably have like a good three to four hours left before the dawn. Um, so like you're gonna have to kind of kick it into high gear here, but you have literally, like you said, you have the dream team when it comes to building things with you right now. So so Glenn would like to draw up the schematics for a cart. And this cart is going to have a few key features. It's still has the, the forge in the back so Ranger could do his thing, but instead of like a cage, it's going to be now shockingly light but shockingly strong metal plates on the sides it is going to be like a almost look like dragon scales on the side of i don't know dusk forge metal whatever melvin feels like popping off uh so i figured that could be something that rangrim and melvin knock out and then lynn madge and pops i figured could work on the undermounted cannon that Rangrim and Glenn have been working on for so many times for so many years and wants to basically help Madge's fine-tuning mechanics and Pop's understanding of like tinkering basically make it automated 
and have it be able to fire a cannon ball based off of the target that it's given. So try to put some type of sentience into the cannon itself and to offer basically a blueprint for what that sentience could be, i.e. like R2-D2 in a TIE fighter, uh, no, not a TIE fighter, in an X-Wing, he is going to put the hat next to the cannon. He says, if you guys can like figure out a way where my friend here, and he kind of like wakes up the mimic, is able to, you know, maybe take aim and fire this cannon whenever we're flying above something, we might be able to do a lot of damage without ever having to touch ground and really getting anybody in trouble. That's Glenn's over idea for the card. So the, the hat mimic is basically going to be like an, an upside R2 down R2-D2. Yes. It's an upside down R2-D2 on the tank. So for it. Just and it can pivot it. 360 degrees. So as long as we're flying, as long as that, that <laughs> night magic is going, so you have a, a turret so run by a hat. You're, mili <laughs> you're militarizing your baby mimic. Yep. I am giving an infant a cannon, literally. Okay. okay. Um, That's D and D. <laughs> tell, tell me what to roll. Tell me what to roll. <laughs> well, so understanding how the mimic works, uh, the mimic <laughs> like it, it doesn't have opposable things, and the only way that it interacts with things generally is by turning into them by a bite, basically consuming them. So if you want to have has, a, it, also has its tendrils, doesn't it? It does have it. I guess it does have like tendrils that come out. So I guess it, it's gonna look like Krang. I, I imagine what happens while I'm wearing this hat is I'm const Glenn's constantly getting a scalp massage, and that's just oh, the tendrils. God. And that's also why like when Glenn does like crazy acrobatic feats, it's it stays on because when he jumps, it just yeah it grabs onto his head and then like oh. sucks itself back. Like Glenn, th this is the most attentive hat you can you can possibly imagine. Okay, um, so I'll give you a couple things. Um, you, I, th I think that you need to either persuade uh, or do a really good animal handling check with this hat to convince it to do what you want it to do. Uh, fuck. Okay. I'm glad. I love that the animal handling on the hat is the thing you want me to roll. I, I basically created a sentient tank, and you're like, "Nah, that's totally fine." But the hat is what we want to change. <laughs> A nat 20. Let's go. No. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, okay. So. Oh my God. It's, it's uh, when it, it's when they when it's when things really count. Um, you are able to communicate to this mimic. Uh, what is what is that? Give me a little flavor for that. What does that sound like? So <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. So Glenn gets everybody together to sit in front of the cart. He, he sits down and like, kind of like he's telling a story. He gets Madge, he gets uh, Amy, he gets Rangrim, he gets Hops. Melvin's sitting there crisscross applesauce, but eight feet tall. And he also says like, you know, Rangrim might be a good idea to get some of like your ancestors out here in case they have any ideas. Uh, he spikes Chandrell into the ground in front of him. He puts the hat down. He summons Poe. He's just trying to have like a full commune of all, like what everybody's job is going to be during this. Uh, and after he kind of disseminates the, the task, he looks at the hat and goes, you're going to have the most important role. I need you to make sure that if there is something attacking us and you are in control of this, 
you have to kill it first with this cannon. I kind of like turn the hat around to face the cannon. Like really? you'll be able to control this. Yeah, you'll be able to just like turn this thing, pull the trigger. We can do some practice runs. We can go hunting later. Uh, there was like a really big bear at one point around here, but basically you need to kill anything that's killing. And he like hands the hat to everybody. Us. Got it? kind of looks over at you and like looks like puzzled for a second. I think you're convinced you're concerned for a second that I maybe didn't understand. And then you see the hat kind of like nodding very emphatically, like and it, it kind of hops onto the cannon. And it just kind of you see the, the cannon start swiveling. It's underneath, right? So it's like yep, it is a it is yep, fully underneath. So it kind of like we're, we have like a Mario Odyssey kind of situation going on here with a sentient cannon with a hat on it. Pretty much. Never that's, played the game, but I'm for it. That's that is yes. Yep. So you see this cannon just starts spinning around and like it like it, it kind of like creeps you out at first because it like points at each of you in turn, and yeah. then no 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 only point <laughs> the barrel at things you want to kill, never at things that you like. Uh, it turns the opposite direction and then probably shoots off two to three rounds of the cannon yes. just like boom 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 and in like into the direction and you just see it like kind of like hit the mountain and just like in the distance and explode these like chunks of and you can hear like the rocks kind of rolling down the mountain and melvin it kind of like get starts to get up for a second and then the the, the can kind of like turns back around and you just see like essentially like anime happy eyes on this hat upside down uh, <laughs> as it's mounted underneath the uh the the cannon but with this part solved what is like what is the rest of the modifications that are i guess being done uh the the main goal for the whole of it like the the, mm -hmm. the cart would be reinforcement so mm -hmm. like to make make it so that the cannon is always going to be attached like effectively any of the wood components if we could replace them with you know dusk metal like blessed metal um if we could put plating up on the sides those are really the big pieces i mean if if genevieve the hat is now able to operate the turret fully then like yeah we just want to bolster it so genevieve the hat will never not have a place to shoot people from okay uh melvin kind of pipes it goes we have of course we have there are schematics for kind of a a scale male-esque armoring that we could do and there's plenty of steel down below there's no more of the, uh, we don't have access to that dark steel that you were enchanting before, but enchanted steel with, uh, enchanted with the Dusk Forge's power and magic will be incredibly powerful and strong, I can assure you that. That sounds perfect, but I think uh, that type of construction is up to Rangrim. I've never put anything onto this cart. I'm, I'm more of like the tinker, so yeah, construction stuff. I think Rangrim, you're going to have to, you have to run point on that one. All right, that's fine. We definitely make it better if we have some better materials. I mean, it still smells like nose. That's the only way we got it away from that stupid guy in a boat. Do we need to like kill more gnolls and put them in there? What do you think? Like, do we? I, I, I kind of like used to that scent. It's it'd be like if you got a new car almost. Sorry, it'd be like if you got a new wagon almost, where it's like the smells. Yeah, it's nice, but it's not your wagon. Well. Maybe I, I might be able to do something about that for you, Glenn, just so you, you can still keep your nostalgia. 
I'm going to cast Fabricate, and I'm going to take a piece of wood and any tuft of knoll hair I can find on the cart, and I'm going to make a knoll air freshener. Oh. What level spell is Fabricate? It's like a fifth level spell, isn't it? Uh, fourth level spell. <laughs> <laughs> so he's burning a fourth level spell slot on a. I could I could walk freshener. over. Yeah, I could walk over. Grab wood. And grab a tuft of hair. You put them together, but you're casting a fourth level spell to do this. What does it look like? Good. Um, it looks like a poop emoji. <laughs> yeah. a hair. Is it hairy? Does it look yeah. like a hair? <laughs> there's like oh. hair. Like there's yes. like some hair in it. Oh God, that's good. We have made a lot of decisions tonight. Nobody wants to smell that. Wow. How do you? How do I? Someone impose this advantage on John for me. Oh God! Someone's attacking me in my home. (laughs) 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 So, do we have our super mega tank? Uh, (laughs) 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 I need you to tell me. Do we have our mega tank? Uh, I need some rolls from. Uh, I, I think that your nat twenty for uh, for Glens is is perfect. Uh, Rangrim, uh, with advantage. Um, I don't know what kind of roll it is for. I, I guess it's. Hmm. Well, it's a fabricate. <laughs> Wait, are you having a roll for fabricate? Or you no, for the... no, for, oh. for the cart. Yeah, for the cart. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think like what would be the best thing to do there for crafting. Dan, was your only fourth level spell to make the air freshener and not the cart? Well, fabricates only. Uh, good for my wood, only fourth right? level spell left. <laughs> you son of a bitch! So funny, so funny. It's totally uh, worth I, it. I hate you. <laughs> uh, Dan, roll me, roll me just a straight up and down d twenty with advantage. Ooh, thank you for that. Oh, 18. Okay. Uh, I think that working alongside uh, Melvin, Madge, and then I think that Pops is, is assisting with, uh, with the tinkering and kind of getting the cannons fine-tuned. Um, Rangram, I think you, you kind of like figure out this kind of like daisy chain of operations going down into the forge and like making some of the components and then like the more like smaller pieces and then bringing them up and like assembling them up the top and like, building this kind of like this this structural integrity around this cart um and kind of like while that's going on like you're doing the final hammering up above the same way you like you did in the past it's a little bit less stressful this time because i think you did like a full night marathon last time of forging and like hammering and like imbuing doing that final hammering on the the dust forge anvil to give it that like purple glowing hue um but i think that by the time that the the sun is beginning to come up like, or getting close to, um, I think that, I mean, you're tired again, but I, I don't, and like, you guys have had a fucking long day. Like, it's been a very, very long day with battles. I think that you're like completely spent uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, physically, mentally, and also like your spell slots. Uh, but right before the sun is coming up, uh, you all are looking onto this completed cart, which I would love for you all to describe to me, but um, it is glowing almost completely now with this like violet purple uh dusk forge like luminous luminescence so what does like i guess 
describe the components again. I know that you've 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 subtly done it so far. Like we've talked about something. So like, what does this new cart, the new and improved cart, look like? Well, I imagine the the front portion where there were just the two normal like carriage seats you'd see on a normal like or strong carriage. There's now a third seat that extends out from the front of it where Rangrim sits. And there's now two seats for Glenn and Cosmo because you don't Glenn no longer has to sleep on top of the cart. And right behind where Rangrim sits, there's a little like hook on the back and that's where the Knoll air freshener is hanging. Just wafting back and forth between their two heads once they're sitting back there. Thankful. Glenn is thankful. Um, yeah, and so along the body of it is like this armor plating, uh, but this very much has the the underglow of like a Need for Speed Underground car, where it's oh, like yeah. it's <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> you can't see the glow when you're looking at it, but when it's like reflect like when it's cast onto the ground. So basically, you just see a, a tricorn uh, mimic hat on the bottom, just doing like 360s, super excited uh, as a cannon. And yeah, Genevieve's living her best glow up life. She's having a, a literal glow up. She's having a literal glow up. Amazing. Um, is there anything that like? I mean, I think that, that takes up most of most of your time. But is there anything that you guys wanted to try to sneak in uh, with with imbuing before uh, before like the the night is fully spent? Well, I mean, I know you you kind of fixed it, but while we're here. Can we do anything about this? What do you What do you mean? Do do What do you want to do with it? I mean, I don't know. Like, like make it awesome. <laughs> I mean, Rangram, I I made that myself, and it's pretty pretty awesome. Have you used the blade part yet? Yeah, but I didn't know how it worked. I almost killed a stable boy. So, like, maybe an instruction manual would be uh, helpful next time. Yeah, let me just let me just write up the schematics for you on this one offhand that I made for a friend. Don't worry about it. I'll get right on it, Rangram. I'm just gonna right after I get back from uh, from you know from the tavern next time. Whenever we get back to Tin Town and we figure that whole situation out, I'll make sure to you know what I'll, I'll make that right for you. Don't worry about it, buddy. Got you. All right, well, fine. So here's the thing. I got this ring. And he pulls up the ring of rituals. He's like, and I'm going to make it do this. And a little fire comes out of it. He's like, can you just make that my thumb? Um, Love it. Yeah, Love I it. think I like I like that a lot because you're utilizing something that and you're spending essentially as a as a tool. Um I think that you're going to need the the combined uh, help of Pops and Madge on this one. Uh, but yeah, roll me. Let's see how well it goes. Uh, Dan, roll me again two D20s. Uh, just D20s driven down with advantage. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> I just saw that, Bobby. With disadvantage? <laughs> with advantage. With advantage. Oh, okay, that was a six. I don't like that. Well, even better, because that's a two. So <laughs> six it is. I think that, um, I think that it, 
they're not able to fully imbue it in the way that you might you might like to instead of it like looking like your actual thumb now it's almost like it more like it's kind of flat and around at the end of your thumb now it's like it's more like the ring itself has kind of been imbued into it but it works like when you basically like you snap your thumb like against your finger that thing lights up like a little bic lighter uh, it doesn't awesome. look as 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 sleek as it may or possibly could have but I don't think sleek is Rangram's MO anyway. So it's, it functions. immediately pulls out a beard cigarette. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I don't think Glenn has anything that he would want to do Dusk Forge related. Uh, once the cart's ready, he would kind of go into his meditation. I mean, he needs, he needs whatever form of rest else get. So that's, that's what he would be doing. Okay. Um, are, are you sleeping in? Sorry, Bobby. Uh, are you? Go for it. No, no, you're good. I was just going to ask, uh, where is everyone bedding down? Would you be sleeping in the, uh, or meditating inside any of the places outside? Would you be inside a pop shop or down in the dusk forge? You know, there's a bedroom in there, although it's like stone beds for dwarves. Yeah. Uh, Glenn would kind of like the good old days sitting outside of Rockdale. He would once the carts kind of finish and he would open up the cart and set up the fire that he used to set up when Cosmo and Rangram were around, set out pillows for everybody, um, including leaving a pillow for Cosmo. And then he would just kind of pass out around the fire or nice. go into a trance or whatever elves do. Uh, although before that, did Rangram actually take Chandrel and do something with Chandrel? Because Glenn would not pass out until he had Chandrel back. I just held it for an hour. Don't worry about it. Can I do an insight check or a perception check? No, investigation check to see if I notice anything different about <laughs> it. Uh, investigation's going to notice like physical differences. Is that what you're looking for? Uh, Glenn would be... Actually, yeah, I'll start with physical differences. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'll talk great. Nine plus investigation. Oh. Uh, 17 total. Um, would he, uh, <laughs> would he notice any physical differences? He wouldn't notice anything physically different about it. Cool. And then he's there going to like made to his weapon as he's, uh, as kind of like sitting back and relaxing, he's going to look to Chandrel, the, the weapon and look say like, Chandrel, did he, uh, he mess with you in any way? Are you feeling okay? Um, roll me an arcana check. Okay. Uh, not good. Nine total. <laughs> I, I wasn't able to sense any kind of, uh, major changes or differences there. My magic protects against most things, but, uh, there's been no alterations to the, the powers, uh, emanating from it, but I don't know, maybe... My, my, he definitely did something, Trixie. I don't really know exactly what it was. And as Glenn kind of drops, drifts asleep, he goes, ah, it's going to be hilarious whenever it happens. And he just kind of goes into his trance. <laughs> awesome. Um, Rangrim, where are, you, uh, where are you bedding down? What are you doing? Well, Rangrim would actually, seeing Glenn set out the, with our new cart, setting out the bedding for everybody, Rangram's going to uh, decide to take a load off and uh, kick it old school. 
and he's going to bed naked underneath the cart. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I also picture that, like, because there, like, are sigils imbued into the ground, like, you're going to wake up and just have, like, markings all across your back and butt. Give you, like, a, a tanning bed? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Also, depending uh, on where you sleep, Genevieve might have a real weird view. Under the cart? I think, she's just, I think she's just sleeping under the cart, so you guys might Ooh, be that, that might not a little be closer safe. than you expect, yeah. There's a, there's a pivoting cannon. If she has a bad dream, you're about to... Regalia might be your only child, is all I'm going to say. And, and also, it's notorious for eating things around it. Oh, That's true. And oh weirdly taking their form. So you got <laughs> options, man. Oh, no! Oh, oh no! Well, unfortunately, I'm owning up to it. Yeah, good. This is happening. Okay. Good. good. And John, do you want to, what other types of uh, robotic body parts are you willing to give Rankrim? <laughs> Uh, they, they may be necessary. We hit our quota. You can lose more of them, but you're not getting any more replaced. <laughs> Matt, Madge has a one body part limit. It's fair. He's, I mean, he's technically replaced two at this point. He's, he's half cyborg. Um, Amy, what, uh, what are you doing for the night? What, what is Amy doing? So, uh, Amy comes like around to uh, see the progress on the cart with a whole of. I made everybody breakfast and everybody's going to bed. And she's just like, I guess I'll just uh, oh, no. pack up these rations that I made oh. for a whole small army. It's okay. And uh, so she's going to uh, quickly just kind of pack up some breakfast rations for, uh, for everybody. And then what did she make? What did she make? Um, mm -hmm. She made. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. She found uh, some eggs, just in a nest okay. somewhere, and uh, <laughs> she is a killer. <laughs> some rock eggs. She found. And, she uh, found some baby rabbits running away. Pandem threw them in. They were this rough. whole time we're making this elaborate cart and she's just committing like a genocide in the forest around it. So <laughs> making some uh, some scrambled rock eggs and uh, she's just using what's around her to... Some lizard uh, tails. Lizard tails, you know. The very industrial. It's a, it's a rock egg omelet with uh, maybe some herbs that she would find and things that Hold she on. probably carried in her. Isn't a rock like a five thousand foot? Isn't it a gigantic? I, I have no idea. I was just, I, I was just rolling with it. I have no clue Love what it. a rock. Sure, it's a small rock. It's. I mean, it only took Perfect. one egg. He, she found one egg, and that yeah, was enough for, one egg, for her like... small army. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I have the, the slightest of. Uh... You scrambling that thing for hours. Oh my God. As someone who has eaten a uh, an ostrich egg before, it, it is Oof. if it's larger than that, that's very impressive. I'll feed an army. I feel so bad for Amy now. Glenn's really sad. He's asleep <laughs> or resting, whatever the hell he does. Um, so that would have been been it. Um, and uh, I don't know. 
She likely didn't bed down anywhere near the cart. Um, I think that Pops has, uh, I mean, because you guys have been traveling with Pops for probably a couple of weeks at this point. So I think that there are fold out bunks inside Pops's shop that kind of like fold down. There's little like privacy curtains, the whole, the whole shebang. Uh, it, it's, you know, you didn't travel uh, not in style. Like uh, this thing is, this thing is all set up. Like everything just kind of folds out of the wall in this thing. It's a multi-purpose kind of, almost like a spaceship kind of situation. Nice. Okay. Um, but Yeah. The uh, the morning comes uh, to all of you, uh, Rangram. I think that you, I think that you have more of those weird dreams, um, and they coming to you more now that you like. This is your first time sleeping after like directly connecting with your God, um, pulling off that like one in ten to ten percent chance uh, that you could have uh, even like summoned it. Um, and it's weird. It's you're having these same dreams where you're like seeing like this, you're in this room and you're like seeing through this kind of like fiery haze. And it sounds like, like mechanical whirring and like dripping of water. Um, but you're like, there's a weird feeling with it now. That's not like anger. It's like this, it's like this sadness and loneliness that's permeating these dreams. Like you feel sad and lonely as you're like in this space um, and like looking like from this perspective um, and there's no one there. If you just, when you're in this dream, you are just in this room alone and like in this dark space that like listening to the, the, the mechanical whirring and the water dripping. And that's, that's kind of like you go in and out of those dreams throughout the night, you know, punctuated by other normal dreams, but you, that's kind of the, uh, the, the ones that you, uh, the prevailing ones that you remember in the morning. Okay. But yeah, um, I think that, uh, I think that kind of in the, in the morning, everyone is like, uh, I think everyone sleeps kind of late, obviously, because you stayed up, but basically until the sun was coming up until uh, dawn. So like, I think everyone's waking up in kind of the mid uh mid afternoon something like that to get your full like six to eight hours uh and uh, yeah I, I think that everyone kind of uh wakes up and when you all wake up i guess would amy have gotten up first and be cooking heating uh, up the rations <laughs> warming up uh this morning's breakfast old eggs <laughs> they reheat well she makes sure that's fair uh i guess it may have been glenn first but um but yeah, we can we can say that uh, Amy has is up and has got the campfire going and is uh, getting it uh, getting breakfast made or brunch, whatever it is now. <clears throat> uh, Glenwood spent some time in the morning doing his usual routine with Chandrell too, um, just kind of discussing with her the plan about like what's to come about really. Um, do you want to RP that? Ringrim would have uh, um, pulled the revenant blade just like a foot away from Glenn while he was sleeping. Okay, it just kind of slides across the ground a little bit. Like Glenn, I think maybe you wake up to the sound of like the revenant blade kind of going like clattering across the floor just slightly. Yeah, and then every uh, time he picks it up, it's gonna move like two inches right as he goes to pick it up, like a dollar bill on a string. Mm -hmm. Uh, Glenn, Glenn reaches for it with his mage hand invisibly when it's about <laughs> five feet from him 
and pick it uh, up and start to bring it towards him. Does anything happen? Again. Uh, a bunch. Nine plus 13. 22. I'll always make you roll those, though, because on the off chance, you get that natural one. I was going to say, the one day I get the one. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah. Uh, what does is, what is Rangrim do when that happens? Oh, it's fighting back the whole time that he's trying to hold it. But it uh, would only come to me if it was fully obstructed, if it was um, unobstructed. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I can, <laughs> I I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna roll to see. Uh, Twelve plus. What's my end? I'm gonna see. Okay. I rolled a dirty twenty to see if it's kind of drawing towards rain. Are we so, having? Hold on. Are we having a Force Awakens lightsaber uh, yeah. moment ah, right here? <laughs> okay. Uh, roll me. I think both of you roll me Arcana checks because you're both using magic to pull it towards you. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a bonus that, so it's a 17. <laughs> that doesn't matter, but I rolled a four. Uh, Glenn, you, you, uh, I guess you don't see it. Uh, you feel your mage hand uh, losing the, the kind of struggle against uh, the pull of Rangrim's uh, star metal ring. Glenn, uh, as it, I, I'm guessing it's just going to shoot to him because it was a, a tug of war kind of thing. As it, as it shoots over to Rangrim, it's like, oh, well, that's. That's good. That means you don't need your shield anymore, right? Oh, uh, no. You're going to have Glenn your thing. Picks, Glenn, Glenn picks up his shield and starts walking away with it. Oh, he's like, uh, I could probably practice with this, too. Oh, uh, which one? The one that he uses for casting all his spells. Um, technically, any shield I have is my spell casting focus. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Glenn's going to pick up the one that you looks like you were casting with last. So whatever that is. Probably Glenn trying to like shield. show off, do like does just like some really similar workouts that he would do with the Revenant, but it's just a big ass lumbering shield. It's like, he, uh, he it's looks like one cool. of those dudes on the street corner spinning a sign. Yes, <laughs> does, does Glenn at some Glenn? point uh, throw it down and do like a, a shield slide with it, like a Legolas? Glenn, Glenn uh, as he's kind of walking over, paints on the front of it, go fuck yourself, Rangrim, and does the full, like, sign routine and, like, make sure that everyone can see it. And he, like, points the point of it at Rangrim, and then he just kind of slides it over to him and goes, that was pretty good. Can I have uh, my revenue blade back? While Glenn was doing that, Rangrim was, like, mocking Glenn's, like, morning workout routine because he seen him do it a bunch but never brought it up and, like, talking to himself. But, oh, you almost got one on me, Chantel. Oh, but the whole time, he's naked. <laughs> and then when Glenn's done spinning the sign, he's like, all right, that was funny. He's like, yeah, all right, here's your thing. And he tosses the Revenant blade back to him. Uh, does Chandrell react at all to uh, Oh, Rangrim yeah, so I was going to say, our... I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, um, but unfortunately, it's Rangrim, and Rangrim's immune to basically well he's resistant to heat and fire because that revenant blade got hot as shit Magma. while he was holding it didn't turn like the orange like the heat metal but like you as you catch it like uh you can feel like they're like the dissipating heat as you're kind of like ah, 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 like yeah. mounting from hand to hand as it's dissipating you could tell like chandra was like literally boiling angry it's funny yeah uh, like it's holding chandra out like that's ah, it's all in good spirit we'll uh We'll get him back. If you think of anything, let me know. I'm happy to enact it for you. Uh, I'm sure that we can think of something. Liz, like, 
is Glenn in earshot so we can hear Glenn. Glenn's talking to Chandrell, but Rangrim can't hear Chandrell. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't be able to hear Chandrell, uh, nor would you be able to see her take form and kind of like pretending to crush you in her hands from a distance. And that thing is like, oh, oh. <clears throat> fucking squishing his head, man. <laughs> if only I could take corporeal form, I would, I would teach that disrespectful fool something. Well, uh, use me as your vessel, Chandrell. You know that. Shall we do our our normal practicing this morning, or do you have something else in mind? Uh, yeah, I think we can work through our normal routine, but I'm just curious what your, you know, you've been in more wars than I have. What, tactically, what would you recommend for this? We have obviously a limited amount of people. We are going up against, I'm sure you've heard me use the word armada, but it's the only thing I can think of for this. We could go in guns a-blazing, but I'm, I'm stuck on the idea that the Red King might might still be able to negotiate with him. We can't necessarily, uh, I don't think we write that off as a loss. I think we just make sure the person making the deal with them maybe isn't Cosmo because of the moral ambiguity of it all. But what do you what do you consider the best way in on this, this impending fight? Uh, she she's kind of like looking like looking over at you and as you're kind of starting to uh, talk through your strategy uh, you can see her kind of go into a smirk and you can tell that she's very proud of you in the way that you're thinking uh, and she kind of like nods and goes that was my thinking as well I this red king figure I, I don't think that we'll be able to take them on uh, directly in hand-to-hand combat and with the full force of their navy behind them, I don't know that they'll be... Hmm. The only advantage we might have is... There's no way they're going to be able to bring the full force of their their armada onto the land. If they aren't truly intending to go ashore and to reach this, this temple that we've seen in the past, I... I do think that they would be at a disadvantage at that point. You'd be... You might be able to spring something on them and, and set a trap of sorts. You will still have to deal with them directly unless you can negotiate, but they would be at a slight disadvantage to when you face them on open ocean. I, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Once, once they're on our land, it's kind of our terms. It's a good point. I think, uh, I think maybe if you and I could spend some time this morning too, we should work on trying to recall as much of that sigil as we could. I know, I know you pulled me out of it, so I know you've seen it. I think maybe if you and I work together, we might be able to uh, redraw the transportation circle that we need, or, or teleportation circle that we need to remember, because without, without that map, we have really nowhere to go. We don't know where we're heading. I think that that's absolutely possible, as well as I've been doing more thinking on this figure that I saved you from their captivity. That plane of existence that they had, that was... I am concerned more about them than I am about this Red King. If this figure is truly behind this, this creature of sorts you call Chikar being released from this temple, I don't think you're going to be just dealing with the Red King there. I think that there will be more forces at play that want that key to get to its proverbial lock that it's going to be unlocking. So just be wary. If you are going to face them openly, 
I would not be uh, unprepared for an outside uh, force to make that a more difficult, uh, a more difficult uh, achievable goal than you might think. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Well, I need to I need to go over with Rangrim too because obviously he uh, he's going to have a big input. I think I think it might make sense for us to. I mean, maybe if we could steal away Bryn, maybe we'll have to kind of extract him from Tin Town, get him out of there as best we can. But I think uh, I think we have a good opportunity to at least get Cosmo back. Unleashing Chakar is kind of going to be an unfortunate side effect if we can't stop the Red King from recognizing his greed. But if we can put something else in front of him, maybe he'll he'll step away and leave the key. An unfortunate uh, side effect that will actually help accomplish our goal is that I have a hunch that the task that is tying our unfortunate friend and admin to this world is likely bound to the goal of unlocking that door. So if it were to come to pass, that would solve one thing for us, unfortunately. In the Good middle point. of Chandrell's sentence, Rangrim is walking through her non-corporeal form, obviously unaware of <laughs> where, like while pulling his pants up and like doing his belt kind of haphazard. Hey, hey, Glenn, I, I slap and look at this. And he points to his eye and he's like looking left to right and they both go in the same direction. It's not just like doing whatever it wants. He's like, so uh, is it is an eyeball ego gave to me? And I swear, I know way more stuff about things now. Uh, what does the eye look like? Just do you mind describing like what what like what you what you want it to look like? So the very much so what the the actual eye that you actually sent me. I like that where it's just like a golden orb, and what the iris would like the iris and the pupil would look like is just like one solid like amethyst like gemstone like insect Sorry. into it. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, usually when you approach people, your pants are on, but yeah, we really haven't crossed that one yet. But uh, yeah, why don't you take a seat? I, I guess I can kind of translate between the two, but kind of just walk through Chandrail. Uh, oh, are you talking to your, your, your god sword un uncle family member? I don't know how it works with dwarfs. I mean, elves. Yeah, you nailed it. It's exactly what it is. Uh, Chandrell and I were just discussing kind of like the tactics uh, about what we're going to run into. And we, we more or less discussed what's on the other side of that door or where that door might be. Um, do you have any insight into that, Rangrim? I mean, I know that you grabbed the coin at 1.2. Is there, is there anything that you can uh, add to the conversation? Um, where we need to go. Hold on a second. I'm going to try something. He closes his eyes like really hard and you can like see a glow from the, his now, his left eye, like a purple glow from it. And I'm going to use the ability of that eye to cast legend lore. Amazing. Basically on the door itself or that location because it's a person place or object and it yes. brings a brief summary of significant lore of the thing you named tales forgotten stories etc 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 
whole Absolutely. lot of stuff. And I do I'm have looking. to roll 2d10 to see if I can ever do that again. Oh god, it could, it could end forever? It just, if I, if I fail it, it just allows me to not cast Legend Lore. Because it allows me to cast Legend Lore as the uh, component for it. Oh, did, would it consume the eyeball? No. If it's okay. in my head and I'm attuned to it, it does not. If I was just like holding it, then yes, it would. Oh, wow. And that is a 72. So that's a no, it's not consumed. So good. Okay. Um, absolutely. So, Rangrim, all of a sudden, just like this wave of information washes over you. You know, like you, you like see this this thing in front of you as if it's like drawn into a storybook. Like it, this is this built into the side of this uh, snowy mountain is this monstrous stone door that is like flanked by these massive dragon stat, like draconic statues that are kind of weathered and worn. And you know for a fact this was a temple of Bahamut. Like this was a temple of Bahamut that was that was mostly focused on like. Uh, the like the dragons of like the of like kind of like an ice uh, like you know the, that kind of like the, the more like um, I guess I guess not the chromatic dragons but like the, there is um, sorry yeah no it has nothing to do with the chromatic dragons but basically um, it is a like temple of Bahamut an ancient temple of Bahamut that has since the fall of the gods like you know the thundering 50 years ago uh, has fallen into like obviously disrepair. Like this thing has not uh, been used, and as far as you know, it was just I mean lost. Like, but you know that this the history of this temple is that it was a temple to the god Bahamut, um, and was likely full uh, and utilized uh, well like before the sundering happened. This, this is a this is an image of the door. <clears throat> yeah, you were asking. You were asking about the door to, uh, like, where like Jakar and all that stuff is. Yeah. Okay. The door. The door itself. Any information about how we'd be able to identify it, locate it, yep. etc. All the lore around it. Mm -hmm. Um, as you're like, and like, I think that you're seeing like this. Like I said, I think that you're seeing this almost like as if it's drawn into like a history book. And so like you're seeing this sigil on the outside that is like just full of like draconic like, uh, like uh, I guess sim like symbols and symbology. Um, and like I think as you're like seeing this, like you're seeing a more full picture of this thing now than like, and you're just maybe describing it. Uh, Glenn, like you saw it and it was kind of like really in, you were in a blizzard, you didn't fully see this thing. You just kind of saw a big door. You saw like some sort of sigil on the ground that was like half covered in snow. And like now, like Rangram, you have a very clear image in your head of this like massive like teleportation sigil that's similar to the one that's on the ground here, except for this is all dwarven. And the, the, the other one is all draconic runes. And it is like, the symbology of like the god Bahamut. You uh, you see the the teleportation circle? Do you think you'd be able to draw it, or maybe I could start drawing it? And you could kind of correct my mistakes. Um, uh, I mean, I I could try. Glenn's gonna start like in the sand, try to draw like a small scale version of it, and then see if he can get as close as possible. Because Glenn knows that if you draw a teleportation sigil wrong you go somewhere else or not anywhere at all <laughs> you just evaporate so glenn is going to be 
as careful, as detailed, recalling his own memory and seeing if Rangrim can uh, provide any any pointers. Of course, uh, you, uh, you'll need to make sure that you don't uh, damage any of the runes that are here on this teleportation circle here that you'll be using, but uh, as long as, from my understanding, as long as you have a clear picture of that teleportation circle that you're trying to teleport to, you don't have to actually draw it. You just have to really know where you're going. Oh, great. Rangram, you got it. It's cast. Yep, I got it. I got mine like a steel trap. So are you are you heading off now, or do you have more things you'd like to do? Well, I, uh, I don't think I'm fit to go fight a Red King with uh, these. As she holds up a, uh, a meat cleaver and a pot and pan. Uh, Maybe I could uh, get something a bit better. Of course, of course, we, uh, my my dear dwarven lady, I would be happy to let you to peruse our armories. We've had led, we've had uh, generations of dwarves, uh, master craftsmen who have created works down below that have stored them there. We don't have access to the legendary vault at this time, unfortunately. The and he's kind of looking over at Rangrim and, and Glenn goes, the Dawn Forge is still to be lit, but for the time being, we have access to very well-crafted armaments and weapons. Wait, so you said, like, if I knew where the Dawn Forge was, could we just, like, teleport there? <laughs> I believe that if you really wanted to, you could. The problem is that I don't know what kind of magics have corrupted the Dawn Forge, and without knowing that exactly, I would be hesitant to recommend that you do so. Oh, give oh. me a second. Rangram closes his eyes again. So that purple light go from under his eyes, and there's like a modem noise coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing legend lore again? Yeah, I'm going to do legend lore on the... The Dawn Forge. Okay. Um, absolutely. How long the, does how long does a spell take take to cast? Um, well, let me double check here. I think it's only ten minutes. The casting time, yes, is uh, ten minutes. Okay. Uh, you, so you have to roll again. Oh yeah, sorry. I have to roll just to make sure I can still do it. It only I have to have the spell prepared, which I do. I put it. I prepared it on that long rest. It just makes it so I don't have to consume the gold cost, which is like gotcha. 500 gold every time I you see. pop it. I see. 26. So that's a net. I can still do it for free. Okay. okay. Uh, the Again, the the kind of wave of, of knowledge washes over you, Rangrim, as you see this, like, similar to the Dusk Forge in the way that it's positioned high atop a cliff, but this one is made out of, like, this black kind of like it's charred and it's burnt because it is positioned very close to the uh the rim of an active volcano it is like just kind of cinders are flying in the air as you're seeing like this this um this the similar kind of forge structure uh, but you know that the dawn forge was uh, a place that master craftsmen uh, dwarves would make pilgrimages to from one to the other so if they came from the east they would go to the dawn forge first and then take that same item that they had imbued and crafted uh, at the Dawn Forge, it would take it to the Dusk Forge and vice versa if you came from the West. 
um, they would go to the Dusk Forge first and then the Dawn Forge. But the as far as what happened to the Dawn Forge, uh, you don't know. The legend is essentially that this there has been it was lost. Uh, the the caretaker was driven out and something has sealed it and corrupted it since. That's the that's the been the story and no one goes near it. It's also at the top of a volcano, which is not generally a place that many people go uh, on leisurely activities, unless you're in Hawaii. Well, I don't think that's going to be a good idea right now. Well, uh, I don't think we would have been able to get in anyways without Cosmo, because pretty sure he was like the beacon or whatever that Melvin got all excited about. So this is true. <clears throat> all right. So uh, Cosmo, and we, then we go there. Uh, excuse me. Did you forget about the fact that, you know, the town that we all live in is kind of uh, – really messed up right now well actually peeps i did excuse me this is madge uh it's very distinct voices i thought he was just throwing my duff rangram that was a joke madge you've lost your sense of humor i think uh very very distinct voices rangram come on yeah i think we need to swoop Lutheran on this one anyways, because if you're gonna make the trek all the way out to uh out to Chikar's door with him somehow finding out that we didn't have the key in our possession when we went. I mean, I think he's gonna be pretty pissed. And if we do survive whatever's behind that door, we would then have to worry about getting our ass kicked by Bryn. And I don't I don't have that energy. Um uh, Madge kind of looks over and goes, Rangram, don't you have some sort of like, like you can talk to people in their brains? You did that to me that one time and it freaked me, freaked my my whole being out. So what do you like? Can you like talk to Luther? Can you you like let him know what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I thought about that, but I'm on board with Glenn. Like he explicitly was like, hey, don't lose this thing. And then we kind of lost the thing in Cosmo. Well, like technically we didn't lose the thing and Cosmo didn't lose the thing we lost the Cosmo who has the thing I mean that, that's true That's it's framing so maybe we go swoop up Bryn teleport to Chakar's door set a nice nasty trap with our flying Genevieve cannon and pray to God the Red King's in a good mood so you all are planning to fly to Tintown? Uh, I think we want to teleport because there's a teleportation circle in Luther's the basement. Life. Yes. Yeah. In the basement. Um, but we need to yes, get Amy I, some dope-ass weapons first. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, what does uh, what armaments does Amy select? Uh, she walks down into the armament, and her eyes are not... I mean, she's looking around, and uh, there's like these... I'm sure beautifully crafted swords and battle axes and uh but she's just she can't find really what she's looking for and then she finds it the culinary section of the uh forge <laughs> and she the culinary section <laughs> It's I mean, master master craftsman of every single discipline. It's the master dwarven craftsman. The blacksmith would still have some fine cutlery. Uh, 
Dude, uh, the chef's knife that would come out of a dwarven forge would be immaculate. Oh, here it is. I knew that uh, we dwarves make the best cooking pans. And she pulls out this uh, big cooking pan. And then mithril cooking pan, mithril cooking pan. <laughs> and, um, and she's like, oh, these are really fine. And uh, pulls out a massive cleaver that they would use on like large meat, large sections of meat. This is no like small piece. This is big. So we just got an upgrade for it. And I- uh they're both absolutely imbued with with dusk forge magic as well so like at night they will uh they'll have added bonuses and i think they're both made out of mithril which has a slight like purplish bluish hue to it it like swirled through the uh the steel yeah she'll uh she kind of like lashes her other one to her her meat cleaver to her side and uh this is my favorite one for cooking at home and uh she all right I'm ready to go get my cozy boy. <laughs> cozy boy. Um. So and no, no armor for for Amy, right? Because she's a barbarian. Uh, correct. Yes. Okay. All right. So, um, there are three uh, spells of teleport that are imbued into your uh, into your cup. So. If you if you uh, if you want to try to burn one to go to Tin Town, you can. You'll, it'll basically if to get to Tin Town, get out of Tin Town, and get to um, get to the you know basically to get to the temple, Bahamut's temple. Uh, that's going to burn your whole cup. Well, can we go right from Tin Town to the temple? Yeah. Temple. I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that's two. So you'll have one left. Okay. Or we could fly to Tin Town. We know where it is. It's really not that bad. We would just have to do it over a couple nights, I think. Yeah. Would the travel time to be Tin Town be three days, probably? Yeah, with flying, I think three days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like you'll fly and then you'll land and then you'll fly and then you'll basically fly and then you'll sleep uh, during the day. Camp during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can see us flying to Tin Town unless you guys want to do teleportation well i mean i feel like that's three days we just kind of wasting when we could just like be there like we could go I mean, to tin town like screw off for like an hour and then be at that door before cosmos even there well uh, that's true it's it tin town's not really in the uh place to be wandering about uh, these days, it's probably yeah, just yeah. Uh, grab and go. Oh wow, yeah. that bad. Okay. Match kind of yeah. Match kind of pipes up and goes. Yeah, I mean, getting into Tin Town is gonna be gonna be you know fine, but uh, getting out of it, especially when it's you all. I I don't. I mean, if 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 the Empire knows that you're there, it's I I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I can tell you that you know they've been. Like I said, they've been locking people up. They've been, they have some sort of thing they're after, and I don't know what it is. So I'm just getting there is fine, but I'm not going into it. You're gonna have to leave me outside. I'm not. There's no way. So maybe we want to uh, teleport in, tell Bryn that we're gonna like hot exfil 
and then land, get him, and then immediately dip out because it sounds like any time in Tin Town is is risky time. I mean, like, I don't know if it helps at all, uh, but I still have this. Ringroom reaches like real far down into one of like the pockets and pulls out that constable's notice that says he's a constable of the empire with the ability to like transport prisoners. Is it, hold on, yeah, is it, is it like wet from sweat at this point? It's just like the ink is like, the dude, I wouldn't question. even be sweat at this point. It's like massive amounts of seawater, blood, oh, bunch of blood, blood, some yeah. viscera from some sort of ship mimic goo. Perfect. Sure. Perfect. Anybody, anybody that sees you hold it up knows not to ask questions because also, of everything that's attached to it. Like the, the, the smell that immediately like just kind I, of wafts off of it. May I remind you that we actually don't know what it says. We've always just played it off as it says that you're a constable. That's fair. You don't that's actually, true. you've never read it. We never, never read, it. read it. We just always flashed it like a badge. Yep. That's all you got to do. Flash the badge. You just got to do it with confidence. I mean, if I need to like track down Bryn too, I could just make myself look like Constable Hunter with this and he just kind of holds up the mask of many faces like we can we can get in and out very easily but if we can get Bryn just waiting for us at the teleportation get him to load up tell him we're gonna go fight Shakar he might be interested in just being ready to go now um well maybe maybe I ask him uh maybe you tell him because if you ask him if he wants to fight Shakar he's gonna have so many more questions than I think you have spells to answer you do yeah, whatever you want to do right. you do whatever you want to do you 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 no, give no, the no, heads up. Right. we should just drop it on him because if if i it's gonna, it's gonna be my whole day he's gonna have a lot of questions and that's that's draining on me i think i think what you do is we get ready for the teleportation we stand on the sigil you send your very informative and helpful message and then we go because we can at least be like, hey, start heading towards the portal versus like, we're already here. Surprise. Like that way you could be like super helpful. Like, hey, get ready. We're on our way. You know, really kind of lube up the, the experience we're about to have. And then we'll just, you know, show up. Yeah, that's fair. I like that plan. We'll do that. Great. You're going to casually and comfortably talk him down from whatever panic he's going to have. I'm excited to see that go smoothly. Yeah, I'm I'm good at these things. I'm I could do this. I got this. I, I'm it's gonna be fine. I believe in you. Fragrant <laughs> uh, casting sending. Uh no, I'm gonna cast sending the like like seconds before we actually teleport to okay. Luther's. Just just let me know before you do it. Mm -hmm. Um. So Glenn's going to do a couple things real quick. So Glenn's just to iron out, we're going to go to Tin Hound and then we're going to come back here as like home base and then go to Jakar, right? Because theoretically we can always win another bowl. They're going to have the tournament next year. We're going to win that. Like we have to go back and claim our throne again. So we'll be in Rockdale in eventually. So if we burn our, our teleportations getting there, we can spend one coming here and making sure Bryn's up to date and ready to go. Is that what we want to do? Or do we want to go straight to Tintown and then straight to Jakar? Cause we wouldn't be able to get like 
you know, Madge, if you're looking to join us or whatever it might be. Uh, actually, you know what? I've been thinking about it and I don't know what this uh, shaker thing is, but I don't really want much to do with it. And it seems like you all kind of have this under control. So nice. Uh, so all I the think... muscles, the muscles are for show and not go. That's, that's super helpful, Madge. Thanks. So I guess we could just go straight from Tin Town to Chikar's door. And since, you know, we're not going to get too much help over here. Uh, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> you know, fine. If I, if I beef it, though, it's on you. Or if I lose my other arm, you're, it's on you. You're, you're paying for that one. So, yeah, sure, why not? My, my dying breath is going to be choking you out as I, as I beef it. So it's gonna, that's, that's on you, Glenn. My dying breath being you choking me is literally how I end every night of my dreams match. And I'd like high five, I go to high five. I was going to say, she absolutely, laugh. she just starts fucking belly laughing with that. And is like, is, is seems on board with, uh, you've, you, you got her number. You, you figured her out how to get her on board. Uh, Glenn is going to walk over to pops and he's going to take off the Faye fly brooch. And he goes, Hey pops, I know, I know you gave me this and it's, it's been very useful, but the, the spell in it just doesn't have the right kind of kick that I need. Is it possible instead of making this like a multi-use with a, like a lower level spell, you might be able to like, you know, crank up the flavor on this thing a little bit, maybe turn it into a one-time use, set it and forget it. And maybe anything that goes near it no longer is existing. What are you trying to do with it? Uh, think like a, like a third to fifth level fireball, just sitting right in the middle of a brooch. <laughs> Give me a ripcord. Uh, yeah. Um, he's like, kind of like, he's like, he kind of like calls Glenn down to him a little bit so he can whisper in his ear and goes, uh, I was actually, I don't want to like be a, you know, a wet blanket on this whole thing, but I'm not really um, much of a fighter. And um, I don't really know how, I, I mean, I, I can help you with fixing the brooch and we can, I, uh, if you want to leave that with me while you all, you know, go over to Tin Town and, I am happy to work on it, but I, I don't really know what, how I can be helping like a, like a big battle or something. Lynn leans, leans over and goes, pops, I'd never let you go into a fight. I love you too much. And just like kisses him on top of his bald head. Like, just see what you can do to this thing and hands him the brooch. Okay, absolutely. Uh, pops is going to be working on that in the meantime, then uh, while you all are figuring out the rest of this. Shall we go get Bryn? Well, I mean, we might as well, but, like, Amy, aren't you going to put, like, clothes on? It's making me, like, I might be uncomfortable. Is Amy naked right now? She's no. technically unarmored. Ah. <laughs> I think she's wearing clothes-ass clothes, though. She, nope. He, Bobby never said she was. And in all, you know, fantasy video games... Female armor is either a bikini or non-existent. So, yeah, which is it? What's your mom? Wearing? Oh my! Female <laughs> bikini. Tell us, Bobby. Tell, tell us what, what your mom's wearing. <laughs> we killed Bobby. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is the most Bobby's had to think about women's clothes in his life. <laughs> I. <laughs> mom wearing it's clearly <laughs> um she is just in a uh she's just in like what would it be maybe like a canvas 
dwarven clothing with like a leather hide vest. Uh, maybe she, um, yeah, that's really pretty much it. Um, Quaker, Quaker oatmeal ass outfit his mom could be wearing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she's she's a she is a a homemaker, so <laughs> she gave up that barbarian uh, bikini chain mail a long time ago. <laughs> she she hung up that bar- that barbarian <laughs> bikini chain mail a while back. Somewhere somewhere in their house is a blood stained uh, bikini top that is just mithril. It's yeah, it's tucked underneath a floorboard or something that keep it away from Cosmo. It's like the same reason you never look in your mom's uh, side table. Oh, no. Yeah, don't do it. And if you don't know what we're talking about, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Um, Regardless of how old you are, don't do it. All right. Uh, okay. So you all are, are trying to uh, trying to teleport. Um, I think that uh, I think that Speaking to uh, to Melvin, he's explaining to you to basically set the uh, the cup like on the on the anvil in the center of this big giant uh, teleportation sphere, uh, or yeah, I guess circle in the middle. Uh, and then he just kind of was like, "If you all would like to set it here, and kind of a, a whoever's going to be going can uh, hold on to this uh, this enchanted cup, um, we can." Get this. Um, we can get this teleportation circle activated. And he kind of like lifts this, like in a bit, like the big ceremonial hammer that kind of generally leans against the uh, the anvil up top, um, and is just kind of holding it uh, as you all are kind of like whoever's going to be holding onto this thing. Uh, but I mean, so essentially, you guys are trying to go and then come back. So is it just Rangrim, uh, Amy, and Glenn going? Or yeah, we don't we don't want to take the cart right because it's going to be in the bottom of. Yeah, it's too small. You're not gonna be able to get we're it. We're trying out. to, yeah, we're trying to do exfil. We're just going, getting Brandon coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's <clears> the three of us. Then I don't see Pops or Madge joining. Not really sure why I'm going, but uh, I'll tag along. Well, I mean, first first hurdle to go and to get you in front of your son's captor is to get the person that might try to kill us if we didn't inform him. So, baby steps. I remember when my cozy boy took his first baby steps. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Glenn, Glenn tries to look tough, puts his hand on the cup, and just one tear comes down. It's, it's just like, <laughs> he, he, he leans he leans away from everybody, but like one tear is coming. Only Melvin sees it. Yeah, absolutely. Perception of like 35, that, that gentleman. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone else holding on to the. I think it has three handles. This cup. Three of us, yeah. Let's do it. All right, you all uh, spread out around this uh, this giant anvil in the center, and you see Melvin uh, grab up onto the hammer and goes, "All right, get ready." And he he picks it up and goes, and he starts just like chanting this like dwarven hymn as he slams it down onto the the anvil and basically with that you see it like kind of like pulse out with this purple energy and all the sigils like like all the way around just kind of like like a wave uh similar to when you saw cosmo walking across it where like they were lighting up you see a wave of purple of these sigils lighting up and in a second uh rangram i assume you're you're, like focusing on that as as that's as that happens 
Brain Grimcast sending to Bryn and says, Ah, Bryn, look at the shit. Um, uh, don't have the key. Lost Cosmo. Someone's going to open the door. Uh, we're going to be at the teleportation circle now. You try to say that. And you all try to teleport to underneath Tintown. But what happens is, Rangrim, you, none of you guys have teleported before as far as I know, but Rangrim, you send sending out and you hit this, this wall. But not only do you hit a wall, something pushes back at you, Rangrim, and that just like you feel it like a just an, a migraine in your brain and it's unfortunately way too familiar as that burning red or orange and green eye forces itself into your consciousness glenn you're looking across as this teleportation is like starting to like start work on you guys and like you're, you're everything's starting to kind of vibrate you can hear that like feel the magic starting to activate and you see rangrim's eyes just kind of flicker black for just like a second and then all of you are blasted backwards away from this uh, this oh, cup as the teleportation uh, is repelled uh, from from allowing you to enter into the sanctum in Tintown. Um, and as that happens, uh, we are going to uh, we're going to end the episode. But Fuck. Fuck. we are going to we're going to do a little bit of a check in on our boy Cosmo. 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 Kazi boy, Cos- your first little tiptoe steps. He's just such a good Kazi boy. Kazi boy, everything is black and cold. You are, you feel yourself laying horizontal on something, and some, and it's moving. And you remember very clearly being blindfolded and taken off of the ship. Uh, you are being transported and are in and out of consciousness. Uh, you are ill ill like prepared for the cold that is just kind of biting into you at every single uh corner of your body you feel you assume you're on some sort of cart or sled that's being transported and as you're going in and out of consciousness you are your brain is just transported back to when you died like you actually died you didn't just go unconscious and you are just like Every single time you kind of lose consciousness, your brain just kind of goes back to this like this place that was just like this warm whiteness that you were in with kind of like this ethereal uh, like furniture and like it, it's strangely like familiar and it makes you feel like home, but you also know you've never been there before. And you're just trying to make sense of this figure that you saw and not only saw, uh, but spoke to, and you're just trying to figure out, why do you know them? And that's where we are going to leave the episode tonight. I knew I seen why something. Are, why are the dwarves all just evil? Not evil. Glenn, Glenn chose some bad, bad friends. It was clearly warm, white, light. Yeah, fire is warm, white, light if it's hot enough. Oh, listen, Ring Room didn't do nothing. I was trying to help this time. That's true. That was actually like the closest to Rangrim sticking to the plan I think I've ever seen. I know. I wanted to go to Cosmo's house and do a painting raid for that chainmail. 
Bet you want to catch. Bet you want to catch. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.